Hello and welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Chris. I'm Swiz. And thanks for joining <laughs> us. Uh, obviously, unfortunately, um, uh, Ben is no, not with us t- today. Um, you would it's have done. seen over the weekend, yeah. He, uh, he put a lot of effort into the uh, essentially game-by-game pods um, and has got a, lot, got a lot of family commitments and has decided he's just got to sit tonight out. So we're uh, in to, to make up the numbers. Um, so apologies to, to uh, those out there looking to Ben because he's obviously the better-looking one, but this is the last time we're going to give him a compliment. <laughs> um, I suppose we'll uh, you know hit well, us up we'll on start, our... Mate. Happy Easter, everyone. Happy oh, Easter. Oh, yeah. You know, those that yeah. do that. And um, I think there's, yeah, there's the also a whole bunch. There's Ramadan and, and Passover as well for those that uh, yeah. in other religions. So Was it the, uh, is it the Simpsons episode? It's like, what, watch man eat mandarin or orange or something. Watch man eat Easter egg on... On live TV, <laughs> that, that, that's you got to do. We're going to get the uh, get the people in, guys. Um, so we will go through because we've already done the game by game reviews, guys. And if you haven't seen those or heard those, uh, do check them out on YouTube. Uh, all of our socials, you would have seen them pop up. So at SC Inside One Hundred on Twitter, um, TikTok. He's been smashing the TikToks as well. Um, Facebook, of course, SoundCloud, you name it. Um, but yeah, on uh, on YouTube, I, I I don't know if they did he release those to audio as well, or was it just purely YouTube that he did the game review Swiss? <laughs> I love it. He's just <laughs> eating. Like, I've asked him a question. So Sorry, I'm I'm eating an Easter egg. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, so yeah, check him out on YouTube. They are great little like ten minute segments basically of each game and the important things to take away from each game. Um, yeah, so we've. Obviously, we're not going to go right through that. What we're going to focus on this week is we're going to go through the ins and outs um, of your team, you know, trading targets, trade out targets, uh, people that you're looking at, rookies to bring in, uh, premiums to bring in, uh, a little bit of damage control. Um, so namely, what to do with Doherty if you still have Doherty, what to do with Will Day if you traded in Day from Doherty, which is where some <laughs> oh, wow. people would would be sitting um, and everything that we know about Supercoach. So before we start that, though, Swizz, how was your weekend, mate? What uh, what'd you go with, and uh, what, what trade did you end up making last week? Because I, I did. Oh, mate, I, I ended up using my second boost. It was classic, it was awful. It's just classic awful. Um, and that was only because uh, we we got the news about Witsy just before the Richmond Doggies game. And of course, so you still have Wits, right? I, no, no, no. I traded Wits to English. Like literally oh, a minute you? before the bounce. Oh yeah, yeah. but you, you would have had him at the time, is what I'm saying. Like you oh yeah, yeah, I had wits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 makes sense. Uh, yeah I was going to keep wits, but then once the news came out, like it came out there, like I could have gone Grundy, yeah, save the extra hundred k, and we'll talk about how that's good and possibly bad trade. And I know you went there, but I had Darcy Cameron, so Darcy Cameron had to get out of my side. Um, Setterfield, I was literally letting you guys take the mickey out of me for a half a footy as he dominated because <laughs> i traded him out too um but then watched him in the second half absolutely limp around the ground and do nothing and get the ball kicked over his head and for 20 points so it kind of evened itself out there he still made cash and all that so it was hard watching the goat that first half but so he yeah so it was cameron him out um and then obviously wits and then came um, english clary and um Ralston, who was another one who had the ball kicked over his head so many times. Uh, yeah. I, I think I counted I four times that. where he yeah. was free, yeah. free in the middle or free out of the wing, and they just butchered the ball over his head. I'm like, and, and then people have been asking me, oh, you said Ralston better than Phillips. And I'm going, oh, Phillips ended up getting lucky because, you know, obviously got on the end of a goal. But Ralston, if the, if the Giants had any good foot skills, they would have hit him <laughs> up and he would have scored like 60, 70 points. But, so I, I actually kind of feel like could that it be? Giants do have good foot skills, but their forward setup is really shit. And oh, they just don't present. Do they, mate? Do they I really have good foot skills? We, I think this is a myth that we all buy into every year. Go, oh, they've got really good foot skills. Yeah, Kelly's a jet. He doesn't turn the ball butcher. over. Just other yeah, people run away from right. it when he's getting it. And then it. they just butcher the ball, mate. They just... <laughs> Uh, by the way, shout out to our sponsor, Splash Vodka. Of course, I'm on the um, the uh, the ciders this evening. Uh, there was a, a, a two cartons for ninety nine dollars, which is that's that screams value to me. So <laughs> we jumped on that yesterday. <laughs> I love it. Mm. I'm not, mate. I've actually I was meant to be off tomorrow, but now I'm picked up a shift, so I'm on the non alcoholic. Ah, uh, yes, so, important. Yeah, be a good um, 
So yeah, so you went obviously. So you had your wits about you and uh, decided to yeah, go. Yeah, the last, the last minute. I didn't really want to boot, but at the same time, I feel so much better with English in my side. I was just like, I was just watching him tell us up and going. Did you feel no, as good with English in your side now. when Grundy started just popping absolutely off? Mate, <laughs> I was hating, absolutely hating life and that. And the only good news has like come out today about that. But yeah. oh, mate, I was absolutely hating it. God, could have saved the 100K. But then I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get him out of the side anyway. And then it was even worse because it's like, oh no, Nan Curvis is out injured. I'm like, oh great, Grundy's <laughs> gonna go like 300 against us. But we'll get onto probably that in a moment. Yeah, we um, will. Yeah, I so mean, I love. I, unfortunately, I mean... it wasn't as good a score as you. No. I did beat. I did beat last year's winner JP by about, th- uh, I think, by two or three points. So that was good. And I beat Grimo by like, like three points. So. Well, that's a win for me on the weekend. You know, I don't care be- what else happened. Beating last year's winner in his self-confessed worst ever season playing super coach, I guess is kind yeah. of something to check I'll take about. it. I'll take it. Stop. I'll, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I, uh, I ended up following through with my exact trade plans was on my YouTube video earlier in the week. Um, so basically I went with uh, Darcy Cameron to Grundy um, and I brought in, oh, now it escapes me. LDU? LDU. Yeah. I went really to LDU. LDU. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I planned for a soft ton. Uh, obviously, what we know about Carlton is they can suck up mid points because they just you know, have so much of the ball in that midfield. Um, very, very talented midfield. Um, yeah, first half, I was like, well, actually, a soft ton? No, I don't want a soft ton. I want, I want 120. <laughs> I don't want one position. <laughs> I want all positions. Um, but yeah, he sort of faded. He got a little bit of attention in the second half from Kurnow and then um, ended up on 102. So I, I wasn't unhappy with that. I was pretty happy that he ended up cracking a ton at the end of the day. Um yeah, it got me, you know, basically my decision was I can either pay 705k for Clary or I can pay 150k less for a guy that's averaging slightly more. Um, and that's pretty much the way I've gone. Like, I, I can't afford them both right now. Um, LDU's made 50k. You know, I think that that is a better short-term position. I don't know about long-term. That's just too early to tell, but we'll see how we go. Um so I suppose what we can start off the podcast with is the damage control. Um, Doherty, do you still have him? Yeah, there's a few questions straight off in the chat about Doherty. Um, yeah, I do. Uh, that My um, wife has absolutely been getting to me because two weeks ago or whatever it was, after round two, she was like, who should I get, Dacus or Doherty? I'm like, oh, you've got to go to the premium. got to get Doherty in and... He has sputtered up since then and unfortunately is now out to four to six weeks. So, yes, it's what to do with Doherty. Now, I think there's – personally, I think there's three options screaming out at us. Okay. Um, do you want to, so do, do you want to run through no, – run through yeah. your, your – let's go your top three yeah. and I'll go my top three. Yeah. And then yeah. You, well, the, you know, justify those those picks. That'd be, that's probably the best way yeah, to go the, about the, it. The obvious one is the one I was tossing 50-50 about all preseason anyway, which was Dawson. Yeah. And just – Perfect role, looked awesome on the weekend, kicks the ball beautifully. Um, we thought he would be the one getting more attention, than, but Laird's the one copying it all. Now, does that swap going forward? Who who knows? But, yeah, no, he's just leading by example. We did say he'd kind of be that quarterback in the team, um, but, yeah, he's probably more midfield. His heat map was really interesting. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out on socials. I, I did um, enjoy that, actually. That was pretty good. Yeah, it is, it's worth a look. So... Yeah, he is my number one option there. Uh, number two, it's hard to go past Tommy Stewart. Uh, I think the break even may have come to like 61 or 69 or something like that off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know it was quite low. Uh, he could potentially, even if he went, if he goes 100, 100, and that he could drop maybe another 10, 15K. The problem with Stewart, we know what he's ceiling is, but we saw it two weeks ago. Well, I saw it live at the Gold Coast two weeks ago. Like, he can pop 150-plus at any given moment. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, yeah, there, there's potential where this could be as cheap as we get him. Um, and that we were hoping to go maybe a little bit worse last week. But that's just um, Tommy Stewart in a nutshell there. And the big one now that's opened up, and he's been performing really well already this season, but it's got to be Saad. Um, with no Doherty in there, no Zach Williams. There's just no competition for him. And the guy's just smashing, like, you know, solid hundreds anyway. So he's break, he hasn't really gone up much in cash. I think it's only up 19K. Um, his break even still just over 100. But the thing is, there's just no one taking points off him now in that role. So that would be my three there, mate. 
Yeah, look, I would be similar. I mean, my first two is easily um, Stuart and um, uh, Stuart and and Dawson. I, I would probably put Stuart ahead of Dawson. The only reason there's well, I I don't know. I don't know how to. Uh, you might just not have the cash, all right? So I mean, if if cash isn't an issue, then that's fine. Like whatever. Sixty nine is that break even for Stuart? Yeah, and look, they've both got similar break even. So Stuart's got a break even of sixty nine. Um, Dawson has a break even of sixty seven. So they're both going up. Like so if they score similarly, they're both going up similarly. The difference is uh, Dawson's already fifty k more expensive, so you don't have that advantage. So my thing is, okay, well if you've got the fifty k, is it really worth? Like, is Dawson fifty k better than Stuart? Probably not. Like, is is he better? Like, at the start of the season, we'll probably, you know, splitting hairs between the two picks regardless. So, again, draw a line in the sand. The previous is done. What are they averaging from here to the rest of the season? They probably average the same, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I have Dawson so, slightly ahead, but it's not much. But I had him slightly ahead preseason. But we're only splitting hairs two, three points. Like Right. Yeah, Sometimes yeah, I feel said, like... Is that worth 50? No. So sometimes I feel like um, people go, okay, well, I'm going to pay, for, pay up for Dawson. Well, well, why? You're just basically spending that 50K for the sake of spending 50K. If you think Stuart's going to average the same, then why are you paying 50K up? There's not really a reason for it other than mm. ego, I guess, is probably the only reason. Um, if you can get both, great. I mean, I'm actually looking at getting both this week. So that's a, I'm a, a little bit different with what I'm looking at doing. Um, I think both are really good options because of the break-even play. If you have a look at the defenders and their break-evens, they would be the most obvious choices for me. Um, the other two, obviously, that are similar, but you could probably wait another week or two, is Sicily and um, and Sinclair, both of which I think, obviously, are like what we've seen. Um, I, I'm kind of a little bit chuffed that Sicily's finally fallen off the, the grace, but you know he just dropped to 77 he now is priced at 580, so he's only slightly more expensive than Stewart. But is he a better option than Dawson? Maybe I don't know. Like they're all kind of around around par again. You could potentially well, pick the, him the up. Other, well, the other one with Geelong, and we only, only seen the one game sample size, but we know what he can do is Mitch Duncan. Yes, he just rolls in with a 116, and he you know at four, what 80, 86, um, and. That's the hard thing with Stuart. I can't trust Stuart Duncan Owens. from standard, by the way. No chance. That's, just... that's, and that's the hard thing because it's more, I actually more don't trust him because of his body, not actually his scoring ability. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's it blessed to have him as a defender, but I'm always, I'm worried that he plays three games and then breaks down again. Yeah. That's just, you know, Mitch Duncan these days, unfortunately, but he's a hell of a player. Yeah. Um, now, Day would have been a nice option to obviously go to, but you know, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Well, I was sitting there going, I'm sit, I'm looking through all these leagues I'm in, all the top players, and that they've all got Day. And I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be great if the tribunal just gave him two weeks? It's not worth it, but give him two weeks just for, <laughs> for shits and giggles. <laughs> and then they give him two weeks. Like somebody at the MRO are like, yeah, we, we don't have Day either. Stuff him. Well, so looking at this, these guys, right? So these are the guys that you want to run on if you if you want to take a flyer. So if you need to go down and you don't have the money to go up from Doherty, so obviously Day's out. So let's cancel him out. Guys that are averaging half decent that could potentially you know float top ten. The number one option here, Ollie Florent. He just posted a one thirty five this week after that. Uh, and could you imagine what it would have been if he could, actually oh, made that goal? Been if he could. You know what? And I told people, if people tuned in my team. I we laughed sure at I this either, I th- No, but I think I said either last week or the week before, this guy is on waivers in drafts. Pick him up. Because I literally went through each draft. It's like, oh, if I oh, if I And he's on like half of my drafts this year. So I, I know I said that either one or two. Somebody will know it and that, but I definitely said pick up Ollie Florent. He's on waivers. Well, he's and now he averaging comes 100. Out and smashes one thirty-five. He's averaging one hundred and two after that one thirty-five. He has a break-even of thirty-eight, and he's actually priced fifteen k cheaper than Will Day. So that means that technically he's averaging more than Will Day, and his <laughs> price lower has a slightly higher break-even. So there's, you know, if you think that Will Day is a I keep now. The, obviously, the different thing with with with, with Day is that we've seen a clear role change. Obviously, we have also mm-hmm. seen the same with Olive Florent. But midfield role changes versus a defender role change. So 
I would sort of opt more towards, okay, if they've got midfield, that's the consistency. That's, you know, higher floor. Um, where And Will Day did have that first game where he was, um, he had very low CBAs. So he was used off the back line, therefore. So um, those two guys, you know, I'm not saying they're interchangeable, but I, look, I don't, I don't hate the shout. And if, something you should also look at is, okay, let's start looking towards guys that are bringing in and let's start looking at buy structure because that is going to be important leading up. Who, who else do you want in your back line and what buyers do they have? Because that's all going to lead towards you know, a good choice and good decision. So other guys you could have a look at, and I know a lot of people do have him already. I don't love the pick, but Liam Baker. So again, averaging 102. He's got a low break even of 60. He only posted an 83, but he has posted some monster scores so far this season. Um, again, don't love well, it. Yeah, and people, so many people asked me about him last week. My problem is, and I said it, I think, on my team pod, it's it's defence by committee at Richmond. So that's why Rioli the week before, I think, went 50. But the, like the round one went massive and still averaging, uh, what's, what's Daniel, about 98. Mm. Um, and then Boston's averaging 92. Very Fremantle-style setup. Now, obviously, the, the Dockers are going a bit better, but they that's probably padded because of the way they played that first week in particular. Yeah. Um, and, and Luke Ryan's a better player than all of them too. It just, it's always been his body, which is a concern. But the Richmond players, yeah, I said it from the start, I think they're 90 to 95 guys. Yep, um, and they could be on. The, if we if we're stinking it up, they could potentially be more ninety, somewhere ninety five to one hundred. But I don't see them going all triple figures, and I don't think any of them probably go triple figures. Yeah. Baker's the better option because at least he's got the forward defence status. I don't think yeah, Daniel's does, got that yeah. now. Daniel's just defender, so yeah. he does have that flexibility, which will come in handy with Zebul and Sheasel. So I I do understand that one more, but I didn't. I don't think any of them go. Average over 100. They, you know, it might be 99, 98 at yeah. best. Um, so then, of course, we've got the break-evens of uh, Dawson and Stewart. 67 for Dawson and 69 for Stewart. So they're both going up. So if you want those guys... And look, I, 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 I'm different to most. Like I only just found out recently that not many people actually use the watch lifts function in the, uh, in the Supercoach app, but I, I do actually use it. So for me, they're the number one and two guys currently for break-even that I need to jump on as part of my watch list. So... Um, yeah, I, I want those guys. Um, now I do apologize guys for the video that keeps cutting in and out. I'm not sure why that happens. Um, yeah, I think that's your end, mate. Yeah, no, it what's is. going on? Oh, um, <laughs> Bloody Queensland. Um, no, it's another it's one that, it's, on that it's, I think it's yeah. like the, to do with the Zencaster settings and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe that's right. It's because I had the chat box up. I'm just going to close that and it's all good. Um, so look, so with Dawson, yeah, yeah. again, he's the number, what number two defender behind Dacos. Um, yep. So he's always going to be a good in. It's just, are you willing to pay 620K for him? He's going up. So how long do you not want him in your team for? Discuss the role. I mean, obviously, so so I didn't watch the game. So from what I saw, I saw from like, oh, I watched a little bit of the game, not all of it. But I did see him like floating behind um, as a midfielder. And then I saw him um, playing pure CBA mid, like, you know, following the ball. And then the last quarter, someone was subbed out and he went back to playing his traditional yeah. halfback role. I, 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 said that, I said this at the start of the year. This guy will be that fit mix to fix it for everything and more. He's their quarterback that every ball will go through Dawson. Mm. I just was worried that he'd probably maybe get some attention early and I didn't realize it was going to be this good as well. Yeah. Like I knew they were going to put ball through him, but it's just everything is going well, through him. Like, and, and he'll do – and yeah, it's just fill in any gap, do whatever he wants – Great footballer. The thing is, and, with with him and, and Dacos, it's the same thing, right? Like, they're kicking yeah. so good that they're, mm. because they kick the ball so well, it always yeah. has, they have a high floor. Because if they don't miss targets and they're going at, you know, 90 plus percent by foot, like, they're just always going to score well. So, yep. look, he's not going to be a bad pick. I would never say not, don't pick him. I'm just saying if, you, if you're only going to get him, then just potentially there's others around. Um, guys in the chat looking at Bailey Dale. So Bailey Dale is um, has a 68 break-even, so he's one you want to jump on if you want him. But only the 94 average so far off the back of a 136. I don't like Dale just because I don't like Magneto. And like any given week, his role gets just jumped into something and, else. And it's a bit of the same. It's Richard. It's Caleb Daniel. Mm. Um, and he's the best of the, the options there. But, yeah, it, it's it's against defense by committee and they've got the worst coach for it. Agreed. So 
Richard's um, is, Richard's the, is the actually averaging one, the same too. The other one, and I don't think we've actually had the question yet, but I know I'm going to get the question, is Mason Redmond. Now, have a look at his scoring in wins versus losses. Bombers are 3-1, and one, massive in their wins. They have one loss, he scores 49. Yeah. And that and that is Redmond in a T there. Um, so if you think the Bombers are going 20-2 and two and going to win the Premiership <laughs> and whatever, jump on Mason Redmond. For me, that ain't happening, so I'm not jumping <laughs> on it. Uh, fair enough. Um, so others are Jake Lloyd. So he's um, he had a 120 this weekend. He now has a, a fairly low break even of 85, 520k, averaging 104. What do you see from Jake Lloyd this year? Maybe I, I don't want to go, but like we love the seagull and that, but I just think it's it's not him anymore. Like what, the Swans that well they lost. It was a it wasn't well it was, it kind of was a, a decent game of footy still. It was a different style. It was a kind of typical Swans game, but because it was low scoring and the way it was played, it brought the defenders back you know into play. I think Rampy still went well. We talked about Florent um, that, so it was just the way the game sort of panned out. And I think the the port forward line was quite tall and, and probably struggled to, you know, they were trying to, I guess, spread the, spread the, um, you know, well, you know, spread the midfield, spread the forward line and the Port Adelaide defence. So, but also tire out those Port Adelaide tools and that. And it was working early and move that ball around. But is that how, you know, is Jake Lloyd going to get that much easy ball going forward? I think we always try to get a bit nostalgic with this and think, oh, well, this guy's done it for a while and that, you know, he can return and be the, the monster, you know, fantasy pig that he was. But I just don't think the way – the Swans have so many more options these days. So I, I, I can't just see it happening every week out. Like, you might prove us wrong, but I just don't see him coming back and being that 110 guy that he used to be. Yeah, I don't think he's a 110, but I think he can do 105. So I think at very worst, it can be sort of that D6 range. Um, the thing with the with the Swans, though, that this year is that they have remarkably like four guys averaging fairly well in defense. So Rampy's obviously still up there in, in, in chats. I, I wouldn't touch Rampy just by the way. Obviously, Blakey, Florent, and you've got um, Jake Lloyd all posting like fairly good averages out there. Um, Blakey, 89. Uh, coming off the back of a 106. So, um, yeah, not look, I don't love those options because, again, I just see that there's no clear standout. Kind of reminds me a little bit of, say, uh, the Blues, except, obviously, they do have Saad. So that's one I wanted to touch on, obviously. So the, the thing with Saad is he does have a break-even of 115. So his price to 587 is fairly expensive. Coming off a 104. Oh, 104, I thought. Uh, no, it's an average of 115. Oh, no, so he's beat, yeah, yeah, sorry. His break even is 104. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, look, that means he's probably capped out his pricing. Like, you're buying him basically at peak price. Do we think he's got more to go? I don't think so. Like, I think that this is pretty much, like, as high as he can possibly go. Like, Doherty going out means that there's definitely another way to score, but Doherty hasn't been scoring well anyway, so there's not really many more points to go around. I think that that just goes to whoever's probably what Sincotta or do they just bring Walsh in for him and play Walsh off the back of the square yeah. like they they've been playing say a Dacos role that would be good I'd love to see that, that. I, I think oh. they've Walsh starting forward line and coming up that's what they had the last year so yeah. it wouldn't have surprised me if they brought in Sincotta and, and sort of changed things around there um, I think there's a few points there. that's what I say I still think there's a few points. We'll start because those first couple of weeks, the 115, 113, I definitely can see him going 110. That I just don't know. As you said, is it is Sad the sort of guy that's going to put up the big monster scores and that? Like, I don't see him going, you know, he's going to go bang, bang and get up to 650, 660. No. And that I think it will probably be a steady rise, a bit like Sicily last year. And that he'll probably get himself to like 620 and just be, you know, plodding along, getting 115 every week. And I think be it's one a good chat. Like, do you want to get a guy that is speculative to be top six, or do you want to get a guy that you know is going to be top six? I think Saad. Well, Saad definitely can be. He was in our conversation preseason about being. He was, and I had him at top five. But I also yeah. had Jack Sinclair dropping out, and I do not do not think that anymore. Yeah. Um, but I still think Saad, just because now the way the in- I didn't we have, talking we about had, we exactly barely had Dacos there, and he's guaranteed top six yeah. now. Yeah, but he's got to. But now, just because we already knew with Zach Williams what he scores, Saad. But now with 
you know, the bonus of having Doherty. Like, it's just more the points that Doherty would normally chew up, I think, as well. Yeah. The, and we're, it only has to be... Well, what did Sadi go last year? I've got, actually, did have it here. 103, me, I think it was. It's, yeah, it was 103. So why couldn't it be? But then there were those games with Williams two last year. So yeah. I'm probably giving him three or four points without Williams anyway with the ones that Williams played with him last year. Yeah. So he's probably that one five, one six, one seven. Could he with Doherty say out potentially for six weeks? And I don't think they rushed Doherty back like some of the others come back. So could he push an extra three or four points for that? Yeah. There's yeah. no reason I mean, why he probably couldn't. What we didn't see is sort of the impact of a full um, Carlton midfield have on Doherty and then have on Saad. That's what we didn't really see. Unfortunately, we just never got that data. Um, we would have got that data next week, obviously with Sam Walsh coming back, but it doesn't look like we're going to be able to make and draw that conclusion, unfortunately. Um, so look, he's got a free run in it for at least another four to six weeks. And then I suppose we can reevaluate. Do you think that, you know, if, if Doherty comes back in four to six and all the mids are there, Saad can still go 110 plus, or do you think that he comes back and plays his traditional halfback role that that will eat into Saad's points and then he regresses back to that sort of 100 mean? Well, I still think Saad's probably because of that Zach Williams out might be 105 anyway, which is up there as a defender as it is. So um, I still think he's around so you the feel, You still think he's I, a I can't, safe I, pick, yeah. I think he's top, top 10. It's just that it's more the question of with the so what we're talking with most people have Dacos locked in there. Mm-hmm. If you don't have, and some people probably have either one of well we we're, we're talking Doherty right oh, should now. Should we but, also just just put a caveat here? If you don't have Dacos, then he's the easily yeah, number he's one a, you have to get. I just I just yeah. gathered that was um, break you know, even so seventy eight. If you think Dacos. okay, we're talking Dawson Stewart this week. Be it how you're getting there, and that so that's oh, that's defender two, defender three. And Sicily Sinclair, defender four to defender five of the way it's probably tracking. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're pro- potentially talking one last spot. Yes. So is it Saad? Is it, you know, Will Day comes back and continues to smoke it in the, in it's the midfield? True. Are you better um, off avoiding, say, a Saad? Is, it's priced pretty much capped at 580. Yeah. Matt, and Mitch, jumping Mitch, on. Yeah. Mitch Duncan strings games together and goes 110. Doherty gets really cheap, comes back and does what he... Yeah, or so you just there's... put Zebel back there and he goes 100. Yeah, and this flat. is the other thing. Zebel and Sheasel get defenders. Like, we know a, well, a rookie isn't meant to just keep doing this. But hypoth- what if Sheasel just keeps smashing out like 100 each week? Uh, and you're just like, well, we don't need... Because a lot of people held Dacos last year. Yeah. That, well, the whole year. Sheasel continues became... this way. He's, he's not only... He's not... Right now, he's F He's F1. Yeah, well, that's but he, right. He's D3 as well. Like, so. yeah, this, is, this is the whole thing. So, yeah. And you're probably only going to have one of like Zeeble and Sheasel both could become keepers. Like, we, yeah. don't, we, we don't know, but just the way they're playing, now Zeeble more likely than Sheasel because you think first-year player is going to get tired at some point in that. But Dacos did finish the year pretty strong. Well, after the buy, those who mm-hmm. held him did get paid off for especially that four to six week where he just went nuts. So... Could Sheasel continue on? And, and you're looking at one up forward, one up defense. So that's your six defenders there. Well, um, I'm looking at, um, I'm fading Saad mainly because I only think that there's enough room for five, my five guys. So the five that I'm looking at, Dawson, Dacos, Stewart, Cicely, Sinclair. Outside of that, I'm not really like, the, the fact that I was going to leave Doherty at that last spot. Hmm. But the fact that now I don't have to even worry about that is kind of a little bit of a weight off my shoulders, to be completely yeah, honest. Yeah, exactly. So the, the other option is, okay, well, if you have a... If, if, if Doherty was, say, a year D3 or anything like that anyway, maybe you could potentially pivot out of him with the knowledge that in a week's time you do get the flexibility of Stuart and... Uh, sorry, of, of Zebel and Sheasel to potentially come into that back line anyway and to cover any holes you may have. So there's a possibility that instead of going, say, Doherty to one of the other mids, you could, uh, sorry, a defenders, you could go to a mid or a forward. Um, so there are some other options there, but I just feel like, like looking at my, again, my watch list, which is probably obviously different to everybody else's, the guys that I want to get in, it's, it's easy. They have the, the break evens that are like, okay, if I want these guys, I've got to strike now. Whereas other guys I'm looking at. So for example, Canelio, he has obviously a very high break even at the moment. I think it's in the one, 
well, I want to say 150s. Um, he's already dropped down to 512k, I believe. Um, is he a guy that you want in your team? Ab- like, in my opinion, absolutely. So if you don't have him, I'd be looking to get him in. You probably don't need to get him this specific week, though. Um, but he's cheaper than, than Doherty. So pivoting yeah. away. And what they've got Hawks this week, don't they? Mm-hmm. Who does the uh-huh. tag go to? Um, uh, GWS. Yeah, GWS do have Hawks. So, so he could pro- potentially go big this week. And you know, I personally think that the tag probably goes to Kelly because he's just in too good a form. So, And yeah. that's before like you're more likely to get midfielders picking up forward status. Now, we said there's probably not as many um, on the horizon, but there's always somebody that comes out of nowhere mm. too. So that's where Zeebo and Sheasel are more likely to end up at our defence at some point because, yeah, we might come, it might be mid-year. There might be, a, a, like, some random role change. And the Bulldogs are the most likely at the moment. But then it's also Collingwood, like Taylor Adams, um, and just the way they're set up. Mm-hmm. He's getting a lot of forward minutes, and he's still scoring really well. Yep. And we know if they get one injury to, he's or if they decide field. to move Pendles back, Adams comes back. Now, we, he's had his injury concerns too. But there's no reason why Adams can't go on a stretch of 105, 110, and it could be a must-have forward at some point too. Well, the one to watch out on so. is at the moment, I'm, I'm keeping a close eye on, is, um, is Harry Himmelberg. Of uh, course. Um, so he's now down to 386K, I think. So he's already dropped 120K. Um, and obviously he's looking to drop even more cash because he's just been scoring so poorly because GWS forwards suck. But if Cabman does come in at some point and he gets flung back into that centre-half back role, Oh, you'd want to, <laughs> you know what I mean? All of a sudden, exactly. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, I could probably squeeze him in at F7, F8, you know, something like that. Like, if you can pick him up on your at F7 and loop him for 320k or something stupid, like I would absolutely be looking to do that at some point. Um, and that's where, obviously, again, Sheezel and um, Zebel do come into play in that regard. So, um, long-term play, looking at Harry Himmelberg. Um, now, guys who have Will Day, are you holding? Are you you got to hold, right? Two weeks? Well, you've got to wait and see what if they appeal, which I'm expecting it, and it comes down to one. You know, one. But, yeah, if it's two weeks, it's hard because, like, yeah, the role is there. Season. You want to keep them, and it's upgrade season. Um, and then it depends on your bench cover too because, hypothetically, if you've got Jimby and he was for whatever rested this week, because um, the poor, like, but West Coast might not actually have anyone to bring in for him. But if he was, and you don't actually have the cover, and that, well, you, you like you might be forced into it. Mm-hmm. So, I think it comes down to your situation and what it, what's the rest of your defence. If you've got the ability, um, and I'm trying to think, the Hawks play Sunday, so that does give you the loophole option because Cowan plays um, Thursday night, and the Lions play on Saturday with Wilmot. Uh, so you probably will be able to, you know, you well, you can definitely cover him and loophole him there. Um, so you can, you yeah. Can, does that come looked, to you? I looked at uh, doing that. So Cowan's definitely going to be my E on. For, I think it was Friday night, isn't it? And I think Gold Coast play the first game Saturday morning, so you get a free look um, if you've got Constable anyway. Um, but yeah, obviously, yeah, I'd be definitely looking to at least hold him until that, which unfortunately, you know, rules you you out trying to trade him out but I mean with with his break even the way that it is unless you're facing a donor I probably wouldn't I wouldn't be doing it I, yeah. I mean I'm looking at potentially trading him in after he comes off his two weeks you know that yeah what's well, that break even of 14 it's um, uh, yeah the only annoying thing is it's GWS and Adelaide so they were actually good matchups for him and then he comes back and you know, you know Frio, uh, Bulldogs, uh, Bulldogs, which is always hard because of the, the way their midfield shirt, you know, takes up all those points. Mm-hmm. Frio away and then into Melbourne. So he's probably got the, you know, two or three of the worst matchups that <laughs> um, come straight now out of that. that I, I don't want Will Day at all. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the other thing that I wanted to mention quickly. So we, we have hammered on a little bit about James, uh, Jack, sorry, Jack Sinclair and James Sisley. So both of those guys, uh, Sicily has a break-even of 145 um, now with that 76 in his cycle. So he's got at least one week, potentially two, to wait for his cash to drop. But he has already dropped down to 580K. So mm. if you're happy to just jump on him again, he's got GWS this week. Um, what's their run look like? I'll just quickly bring that up. So GWS this week, then they've got Adelaide. Um, yeah, I just before, said it. 
and then oh, it's because it's the yeah, same as Will Downs. Ha ha ha! And then so Jack Sinclair, um, so he's got a break even now of one fifty four, so even slightly higher, has already come down to five seventy six, so he's lost fifty k. Um, so he'll be, you know, these guys will be five forty k, five thirty k in one week or two weeks, and his run comes through to so they've got pies this week, and then Carlton. Port, so three pretty tough matchups. I'm not sure, you know, yeah, halfback midfielder, what they score against those. But what we do know, especially Pies, obviously, have been absolutely smashing the Supercoach points in terms of total points per game. So anyone that plays them, generally speaking, the opposition is going to have lower points. Um, Carlton, obviously, as I said, midfield points, they, they do chew up a little bit of those. Um, halfbacks should be okay. So... I think halfbacks have gone pretty pretty good against uh, Carlton so far this year, and Port. I think anyone can just run. It just depends on what Port you get on the day, right? Like, uh, but after that, exactly. they've got North Adelaide, GWS, Hawks, Sydney, uh, Richmond. So they've got a really good run right after that. So that's where you really want to get onto Sinclair. But I will grab him as soon as he plateaus out. So just keep an eye on that and keep an eye on your bank balance because these guys are guys you're going, you want to going to have, and you're not going to want to miss them out of them because you went for Dawson instead of going for Stewart. And that's where it becomes important. So Dawson's fine over Stewart if you've got, if you think to your head to your next couple of trades and go, okay, well, how do I get this person next week if that happens? Or just look a little bit crystal ballish, see what you need, see what you want to target over the next few weeks, and then make your decision based on that. That's how I'm approaching it this week. This week. Yeah, exactly. Now, do you, is there any other trade out targets that you've come across this week that people have um, been throwing at you, Swiss? Or is it is that pretty much the only two? And I've got one I'm potentially. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a well, it's more I guess from the rookie point of view. Okay. That, but that may so maybe we if, get... if we if we if we're going high end, I guess there's been a little bit of conversation about Laird. Yeah, that's but outside where I was, of that. I, was I don't to. think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I thought that might be the way you're going. Yeah, so I'm I'm trading out Led. Um, I've held him for a little bit, and I don't expect everyone to do this. This is a bit of a, a strange play, but I did a, a really deep analysis and a bit of a deep dive into Adelaide's um, form, the way that they're playing, and how they've changed from this year to last year to sort of get a read on why Led's scores have dropped. Now, having said that, there's a couple of things. So first of all, he is getting more attention this year than he got last year. So it's obviously off the back of what people know that he can do and how he can perform. So that's one key thing. He does have right now a break-even of 163, which is very high. Not saying that he can't achieve that, but it's, it's at the point where if he continues along his form line, which is where he's averaging 102, he's going to drop another 20K and another 20K and another 20K. And eventually, he'll get to the point where he's 570K. So he's got the potential to, to drop somewhere between 70 to 100K over the next three to four weeks. I, I, I also had a look at all the other mids in the comp. It is not just a Laird issue. No, not at all. The only one that doesn't seem to be having this issue right now is Clary, which is the only guy that I don't have. So that's great. <laughs> um, mids right across the league. like It's, it's basically Clary and LDU. They're averaging 130. And then 14 points drop to... Uh, like. Pendles number three, or was it Libba number three? Yeah, like, Libba, then, then the rest of then, like your Pendles, the Goeys, Mason Woods. You get down to like pick 14, and it's like, yeah, like Mason Wood. Like, but usually what we see in Supercoach is mids averaging really, really high early. Like, yep. round about now, you've got like four guys averaging 135, 140. Because, you know, someone's had a huge week, they're backed up with a couple of 120s or whatever. Um, and then, you know, as the season goes on, they drop. That has not happened. We're seeing like record low mid numbers. And if this continues in a way that it normally continues, where they regress as the season progresses, mm. um, you're going to see the, you know, the, the 10th averaging mid is going to be averaging 107. Like it's bad. So I, I had a look a little bit into Roy Led. So the big thing that was a big red flag for me was that Adelaide's ruck contests are down 10 per game on last year. And... I had to think, have a think about, okay, well, why is that? So part of it is the way that they're setting up their midfield now. So they are a lot more attacking because they transition a lot more 
especially through they've got the guys got like you know Rochelle's obviously playing as that mid forward with Rankin. Saligo's really picked it up as that extra mid that's coming into that midfield group. He adds another dynamic. So they've got better players and better skill around them. Last year, what they were doing was basically locking up the ball as much as possible. So I don't know if that was a defensive structure and dictate, but Sam Berry, obviously, who didn't play this week, was averaging nine and a half tackles. He's now averaging five tackles per game. Um, Rory Ladd was averaging eight and a half tackles. He's averaging four and a half tackles per game now. So the two guys who are averaging most, are they out of form or is it a structure change? And if it's a structure change with the lack of tackling or lack of ball pressure like around that immediate vicinity... That's a massive issue. And so for me, I, I just, I've, that's enough data for me to go, I'm out. Because at his price, I can't afford for him to be a 110 guy, which is what I kind of feel like he is right now. Now, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, 110's probably going to be enough to still be top 10 based on these shitty mid numbers. But what I can do with that cash now, instead of you know, wait for him to drop to 570, like he will if he's averaging 110, is, is too valuable to me in other areas of the ground. So yeah, I'm looking at... It's Stewart, isn't it, mate? Yeah. So I'm looking at... Okay, so I can go from him to, say, a Dawson or a Stewart, and now I can go Doc to a Stewart, get those two guys that are going to be top... Guaranteed top two to three in their line, pretty much. Um, and then I actually bank... Like, the rest of the money I have is like... A, it's, it works out to be like 150 to 200K. So I'm going into upgrade rounds with 200K in the bank um, and now looking to make some really aggressive moves. Um, and... I will have like, you know, I've, I've seen, like, you know, I've mapped out my trades. Okay, so I need Cornelio, I need Sinclair, I need Sicily in the next three weeks. So if I can, you know, get all those three guys, I'll have a um, six forward and six defender rotation. The only, uh, and I'll have obviously two premium rucks. The only place that I need to focus my trades on is going to be in the midfield. So everything is about just building, you know, getting value from those midfielders, waiting for Clary to drop and pouncing at the right time with that. Um, capitalizing on guys like Setterfield and Hopper when they're at their maximum price and then, you know, getting the right guys in. So, um, yeah, that's how I'm looking at sort of redistributing that, that, those funds at the moment. I'm also in a fortunate position that I actually have, excuse me, um, Cam McKenzie off field right now. So Cam McKenzie now for the next two weeks, you'd think that he would have an uptick in CBAs, which should lead to some really good on-field scoring. So I look at having him on field for the next two weeks and generating some cash as opposed to I was looking at even trading him if Day was going to get off. So a couple of differences that I'm looking at doing. So that's just a little little bit into my psyche about how I think. I'm thinking, you know, three rounds ahead and sometimes that does my head in and I make wrong decisions because of it. Um, Sometimes it, you know, gives me good scoring and a good overall, a better overall team than I would have had. But... Um, yeah, just something to think about um, in terms of the trading out Rory Laird. Yeah, I'm actually um, kind of on your wavelength as well with that because I, I just think the, the break-evens are the ones. And now, and the other problem is sometimes the break-evens kill me because kill me I'm like, yeah, got to get this guy on the break-even and then Stuart probably comes out and scores 70 this week. And I'm like, <laughs> but yeah, I think there's a well, little Stuart's bit of that with West the West Coast this week, don't they? I yeah, know it's at Adelaide Oval, but like, I know, but still, oh, yeah. He, yeah. That, if that, that was the a kid near Park, the theory like... is there that he could have an absolute field day, and then he probably doesn't. And yeah, just, we know it know. is. We know, unfortunately, Stuart doesn't travel well. It's like he gets, yeah, but then like he gets jet lag from the half. He was flight. flying up in the Gold Coast a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, before we get into the rookies, the only weird, real left field one, and because of a couple of their draws, and they seem to be back in town. Any consideration to Jeremy Cameron? Oh. I mean, you're not going to play Hawthorne every week. Who is the other massive bag against? I've got him in drafts, and I've got to say, I'm loving having him. Yeah, I've got to say. Um, well, because yeah, he went to 149 against Carlton as well. Yeah, I mean, it's two. Carlton, right? So, and now, but now, but you know, it's West Coast this week. They've got the Bombers in a couple of weeks, Adelaide after that, the Giants. He's just got the ability. There's, there's no player in the like I had him ranked, I think, 10th best player in the league, and I'm happy to pump those numbers up and probably have him number two. Got to pump those numbers up, those are rookie numbers. Yeah, I know. He <laughs> is just absolutely on fire at the moment, especially because Hawkins looks like he's you know aged terribly overnight. But Cameron gets up the ground, just does everything at the moment. And, um, but you gotta, he's one of those ones where, yeah, you love him in draft, but 
like he frustrates you a little bit in classic because he's going to go like 70 or 80 one week, but then mm-hmm. he comes out and just pumps out a massive score the week after. Yeah. Perfect vice captain option. Look, um, I would never, I, I can't say anyone, hey, don't pick him up. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Um, but I wouldn't be one advocating to bring him in because we just know key forward scoring. And yeah, he had like, to my knowledge, he hasn't played like as a mid, like he did at the end of last year, right? Like he's just played pretty much. I think he's had like a couple of I did see him a there. little bit through, but yeah, it's more yeah. like in probably the bonus because he did kick the seven on the weekend, which is, um, you know, massive. But his, his ability to get around the ground, it's, yeah. it's second to none. Yeah, is, makes sense. Yeah. So uh, it would not surprise me because we've always said it every year. Hawkins always in that top 10. Hawkins always in that top 10. And we'll come at the end of the year and Jeremy Cameron will be top 10 or top eight or top six. And we'll be like, oh, yeah, of course, because Geelong just get on a roll and he kicks so many goals and that. So just thought I'd throw that one out there. When we come into the year, we do our review and see, oh, well, Jeremy Cameron was top six this year. Well, I did say it in round four that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. I said it once on a podcast. I said it once a long time ago. Four, it's on the record. It's away. out there. It's out there. <laughs> I like it. All right, let's go through the rookies. So the big one, obviously, is Jacob Van yeah. Ruin. I think that that's pretty much the no-brainer pick. Uh, break-even of negative seventy-one, one hundred twenty-three k forward from Melbourne. Uh, obviously, came shot the lights out the first week. Had a really great score. I think it was eighty-nine. This week was a bit salvageable with his scoring. Um, I, I never thought this week was going to be a great score because he was playing on Barras anyway, and Barras is one of the better defenders one-on-one. Um, but 53, I mean, man, half our rookies aren't scoring that this week. That would have been like one of my highest scoring rookies. So, um, look, I think that he's kind of a must-have because I look also at the upcoming guys, the guys that have only played one game, and there's like very little to choose from. Um so I don't mind him. I think at his price, he's probably one that generates you the most cash as well. Uh, he's got some decent job security. The unfortunate thing, obviously, oh, see, Gorn 1-2. And to I'm going to deba- actually debate you on that one. Well, Gorn 1-2. Gorn so, I mean, yeah. see, you're, you're the optimistic person saying, Gorn should come back as quickly as possible because then that, that, that ruins Grundy owners. Um, <laughs> whereas I'm like, nah, like, he'll be, it'll be three weeks because... You know, we want to make sure he's right, his, ba- his knee's right before he comes back. He's had previous knee issues. You know, there's no point in rushing him back when we're winning by whatever and we've got Grundy in the ruck. Like, let him have another couple of weeks off. Actually, make it six weeks, buddy. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I, actually, who's gone got, like, I'm just trying to think of the, the Ds actually have the week um, after us, which is on the uh, North. Melbourne, Melbourne, Melbourne. They They're play the North, North Melbourne. So, you know what I actually can see happening? Gorn comes back for the Anzac Eve because it's a 13, 13 days to that. And just because of the significance of the day and then the obviously Anzac Day, Collingwood Essendon, um, you know, is the massive, from a footy point of view, not from obviously history and, you know, of Australia and that, but from a footy point of view, is the massive game. But, um, you know, Melbourne, Richmond have become a bit more of a significant day or evening now and they, um, you know, do still, you know, do all the, the honouring of the Anzacs similar to what they do on Anzac Day. So Gorn as captain, I think, wants to be there for that game, lead the guys out, um, be a part. Now, how much ruck time does he play and split with Grundy? But I wouldn't be surprised if he does get himself back for that game and wouldn't be surprised then on the shorter break, rests against North Melbourne. And that's no disrespect to North, but I think yeah, Melbourne should break do a number on that. Yeah. yeah, so the fact that... So that wouldn't surprise me at all. It wouldn't. And that I, could, I wouldn't be bothered because I'd probably still hold Grundy through that game anyway. Because... I, I think you do in that period as anyway. And I think that's probably how it works out. But I think there, there's potential for that night. Now, Nank's not going to be... Richmond's going to have no ruck. So Grundy probably still does the majority of the ruck work and they're probably going to tell well, us up. That's the other thing. And, like, so why would you so want I'm, them both? Well, yeah, you probably well, I don't just need them both that night. No, they don't. I, mean. I just think it's more from... If it wasn't like probably Melbourne with Queen's birthday, it's their most significant match for the year. Um, I would not be surprised if you know, he is a leader and captain wants to be part of that game. You know it would be awesome if he does a, uh, we'll call this the Macau Bridges, so for those NBA fans out there, um, he, he literally checked into a game, fouled someone, and then checked out and didn't get back in the game the whole game. So maybe yeah, he, yeah. he runs out, yeah. takes the first and, ruck and hit out. He might, and he might play a sub or something like that, yeah. or who knows. That's but true. Like, Max by, all report, by all reports, he's going to, 
try to play Anzac Eve. So now that's... Maybe maybe now, they played Randy for three that, quarters and Max Gorn for one. But bringing that back into that JVR discussion, um, the problem is, I see, is Ben Brown didn't play on the weekend. Yep. And then you've got Gorn... Well, he's out like indefinitely. They haven't... He's having scans at the moment. They're, scans. They're... So we don't actually know the yeah. situation. We need more data on that. And that's my only worry with how does Melbourne fit them all in. Now, I know they, they really rate Van Roo and they want to get, get him part of that lineup. But when you've already got Tom McDonald, who just comes back and dominated on the weekend, you've got Bailey Fritch down there. Um, I think Harrison Petty is probably the first out anyway. But how do you fit all these big men into this lineup? I mean, honestly, I'd probably I'd prefer to play Van Ruin over Ben Brown. I mean, that's just a start. So, I mean, they, you should, but they won't. But having said that, I mean, you never know. They could just go to Ben Brown or just ease your way back in via the VFL, and then he kicks one goal three for the first yeah, four weeks. You know what I mean? Like, in, yeah, it, that's it what could, I mean. Like, like, yeah, who knows? Ben Brown is Ben Brown. Could, they don't need to rush him back. That's the thing. Melbourne are going to win these games anyway. Coming up, I, you just nice. you just got to like. I, I know that there is a risk with the pick. But there is risk with all these all these guys. Of course there is. So it's like, is this the best of a worst case? Probably. The rookies this year are shit. And the biggest reason is the sub rule. It is yeah. fucking killing our rookies. We predicted earlier. I'll go through a few of them that are just absolutely shocking that you wouldn't even believe. Just killing our rookies. Um, before I go through that, so the actual... Um, so Charlie Constable is actually the second. But obviously, even if he's named, you probably wouldn't bring him in. He's got a, a break even of negative 52. Um, if you held him, then obviously you can hold him. He actually had 35 touches in the two, so there's a chance that he does come back. Um, Max McElhaney at 244K. Mm, that's one we missed. So one we missed. He's got a negative break-even of negative 45. He just posted 103. Obviously, what we've basically seen is he's sort of the designated distributor now with um, Dawson uh, moving into that midfield, so they need someone back there, and he had a very good game that I don't find it strange that that is a coincidence i think that that is a very much a correlation um do i think what do i think he can average as a rookie i don't know like he's never really been a huge possession player as a rookie but he's a touted intercepting defender that's a good user so when that is the case and they get the role they can probably average somewhere between 60 70 quite easily at 244k is it one that you're even wanting to play around with though like no yeah, I'm. I think just too expensive. If he was 50k cheaper, I'd probably consider it. 100k cheaper, he's locked in my team. But yeah, no, I couldn't do that. The the one I'm really frustrated is Tyler Brockman because he got subbed. He was the one I was, I was wanting to play over JVR. Yeah. Um, because I was like, he's the one who'll have a better job security. He comes in, they've got the spot for him, and then yeah, watched him get subbed off. I've gone. I'm not gonna throw that yeah. one out. So um, subbed off on 25 points. Yeah, so just crossed that one completely, completely out Completely out, yeah. So he, he still has a negative break-even, negative 43, because he's got an 89. In his, is it 89 that he got or something in that first game? Yeah. Um, uh, Jagu V is the next one. He defended mid. Um, he obviously played a 70. Uh, obviously, his security's up right now because of Salem's... It was an MC... No, meniscus. Meniscus tear. So he's out for another four or five weeks. Um, but... 200k, I think there's better. And then the better one is probably the next one, which is Tyler Young. Yeah. So we're just still... I was going to talk to you about the three, and I'm going to group these three together. So Tyler Young, Samson Ryan, and even Juddy Clark. Yep. Um, and the first reason is Richmond's got 27 fit players this weekend, and mm-hmm. they've absolutely been decimated by injuries. And it's potentially not just this weekend. There's some long-term ones. So Tyler Young, um, Robbie Tarrant went down in the reserves. Injured, so that's just shored up his job security. Um, I was on the fence. We know he, his scoring isn't great. Like he, he had his best score on the weekend, sixty-one. Potential to actually maybe stay around that mark because um, whether well, I get the Swans this week, but if with so many injuries for the Tigers, where you know we were thinking maybe probably top six side, maybe even higher, and that real question marks on how they get their form will be now um, because they're just not going to have a team on the park. So mm-hmm. that's going to bring the defenders more into play. And and we did talk about, you know, that Richmond defence by committee, but Tyler Young, I think even a couple of points, I don't know if actually he, how many kickouts he did take, but I'm sure I did see him taking a couple on the, on the weekend. So, yeah, the, he's obviously going to see a lot of ball. Can he maintain 50 to 60 average? Yeah, for sure. 
Um, the only problem is you've missed the one price rise of the 40k, but still at 142k, it's not a bad option if you are desperate for a defender. Um, Samson Ryan now, so Nank's gone. Uh, so most Simon Moses, uh, you got Soldo still, I believe, three to five away. Um, big mate, the 210 centimeter guy, he's out injured. Tommy Lynch has gone down. Um, I forget how many weeks there for Tommy, but uh, and he's going to get suspended anyway. But I think it's about six to eight for for Lynch. So Jack Rewalt and Samson Ryan are Richmond's two only talks at the moment. So his job security is completely shored up. I was talking to Al um, Patton about this other day, and he was he was asking me about Ryan. And I think he got him in, um, and that was a great move for those who who didn't find a spot for him on the weekend. Because yeah. Um, scoring potential, who knows? And that's the problem. If he plays just key forward, it's probably not going to be great. If he does have to ruck, A, you know, the other ruckman's going to have an absolute field day. But we, we've seen, you know, a rookie ruck should still have to score 50, 60 points. Look at what Bailey Williams has been doing at West Coast. So, you know, they get on the park, get a few hit outs here and there. Uh, so, yeah, no, he, he's still not a bad option. And the reason I brought up Juddy Clark, because he's unfortunately 196K, which is really mm-hmm. unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, he's gone 59 and 80. It's just, again, roles have opened up at Richmond. So his foot skills are probably our best foot skills of anybody at the moment. Uh, I did see him like, you know, he turned the ball over a couple of times. You're going to get that from a young kid. Uh, played in that sort of forward pocket, half forward pot role for us last year. Uh, but, you know, Taranto and Hopper, we know they aren't the best kicks. So they're actually looking for Clark to, uh, you know, kick that ball through that wing. Um and you know, especially like someone like like Macintosh had a bit of a shocker, so he's kind of been rotating through half forward wing. Um, had the twenty touches on the weekend, the four marks actually lays tackles. Really, if he was one hundred and fifty k, I'd be saying to everybody right now, jump on, get on this kid. The hard thing is, it's you know, are we paying up two hundred k for a, you know, ACS yeah, somebody great job security, but. It's it's just the worry about maybe the scoring potential for somebody at that price. Yeah. That. But so yeah, that's that's my little Richmond wrap up of those uh, those enough. rookies. Yeah. Well, but they, they've got but they might be worth considering. Depends because we're already talking about trades, and this is the other problem. Um, you know, if you're in the position where you've already used two boosts like myself, are you boosting again then then for JVR or any of these guys? Um, but as you said, there's not that much on the horizon. The only one that's really on the horizon is Dil- Dylan Williams yes. from Port Adelaide. And he took some kickouts on the weekend, uh, looked really good in defense. Um, you know, he's a forward in super coach, but he's actually playing defense. Yep. Um, so definitely the solid. one that we keep. He looks really right? good. He, he looks he really good. He's the only one on the horizon. The other ones, I mean, there are others on the bubble, obviously. So we should we would be amiss to um, forget these guys. Unfortunately, again, Subrule has ruined another one of our guys, Matt, mm. Matty Johnson. So um, yeah. I think everyone's M nine going into the season, um, sub twice in a row. He now has a break even of thirty three, but he has an average, I think, of eighteen or something because he's been the sub twice coming on in the last quarters. Um, so that hasn't helped at all. Um, other guys that are on the bubble, so Hiwago Paul Awea um, from uh, the Gold Coast. He's a 160k forward. Um, he has a break even of zero. Um, some all right scoring, nothing crazy. Uh, 42 was his last hit out, averaging 46. Probably not one that I'd be looking at, of course. Um, and then you have, sorry, I've got this one more, I think, that is on. Oh, no, you went through Judson Clark already. Yeah, yeah I went through Juddy. Yeah. Um, and then you start getting to more like the high price. The only other one for next week, and it's not, I know a couple of people actually moved on him this week because they had no choice. And and also to handcuff him to wits. Uh, but that is the big ruckman in Ned Moyle. Yep. Now he's he wasn't scoring well. The thing that helped him in that last quarter when they subbed off Marshall. Yeah. And, and ended up getting himself. So well done to those who thought, well, I'll trade him in. He becomes my handcuff. Um, and it's not a bad strategy that, like I use it in NFL fantasy where, you know, you have quarterback one and two and, you know, one's missing and the other one comes in and I've even probably got that with Vena, uh, a little bit of the NRL. So, you know, if which is going out at any point, you've got Moyle coming straight in. He's the, the obvious replacement for them. So you don't have to worry about that. And then if Gold Coast are playing later games, it's an easy sort of 
um, loophole option for you. So even well done to those people who stopped, started Moyle um, ahead of like someone like a Madden or somebody like that. So it's I wouldn't be trading him in. The only reason I'd actually consider uh, would be if they came out and say which is obviously missing like a month or yeah, something. Pretty and much. That that would be it. But which is meant to be which is a test. Yeah, yeah, he's listed yep. as a test this week, so I can't see that changing at all. Um, I think that pretty much covers up the main topics. Of course, do check out um, the uh, other content that uh, produced by Ben um, over the weekend, the uh, round by round, re- uh, actually match by match review he went through pretty much. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there's nothing else you want well, to cover, well, mate? Yeah, well, I might just, while we've got like a spare minute here, I'll just fire off a couple of these questions. Well, we'll we what we'll do is we'll hang around after the regular podcast and answer some um, some, yeah. some Q&As from everyone out here. But um, this will be where we sign off the normal podcast. So thanks, guys, very much. And uh, we look forward to catching up next week.